Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Katie Halper Show. I'm your host, Katie Halper. You can hear the Katie Halper Show every Wednesday at 7 p.m. on WBAI. That's 99.5 FM, WBAI.org. You can also find us on SoundCloud and iTunes. Make sure you subscribe to us and rate us and review us on iTunes, in fact. And please become Patreon subscribers. And to do that, it's so easy. Um, you just go to patreon.com slash the Katie Halper Show. Again, that's patreon.com slash the Katie Halper Show. But you know what? It's even easier than that because, guys, ladies and gentlemen, or however you identify, do you want to be able to access the Katie Halper Show in your podcast player app, whatever that is? Because it turns out you can actually do that, okay? It's really easy. I'm going to explain how you do it. Here's what you do, ready? This is how, if you subscribe to our Patreon and you want to access it easily without going to find it, it's so easy. You log into Patreon, okay? Then you click on on the Katie Halper Show. Um, You click on Overview. On the right, you'll see Audio RSS link. And under that, you'll see Add This Private Link to your favorite podcast player. Copy the link, okay? Now, email yourself that link so you can access it on your phone. So again, you go onto Patreon, you're... um, click on my show or you're on the Katie Halper, uh, you click on my show, uh, click on overview on the right, you see audio RSS link and under that add this private link to your favorite podcast player. So you copy that link, you email yourself that link. Now you go into your email from your phone and you copy the link you emailed yourself. Now you go into your podcast app. So iTunes, podcast, whatever. Um, you click on library at the bottom, then you click on edit at the top right. And then you click on add a podcast by URL. Then you paste that link and then you press subscribe and that's it. All of my bonus episodes, all of the bonus episodes will show up in whatever you listen to. Okay. Isn't that awesome? Pretty exciting. Make sure you become Patreon subscribers because you'll hear extra content, bonus content. We interview a bunch of cool people and also you'll get to hear me on the Jimmy Dore show and my appearance on Struggle Session. So, um, hi everyone, welcome to the Katie Halper Show. This is a special episode about the United States of Care. We're gonna get to that in a second, but very pleased to be joined by Adam Johnson, uh, media critic at large, also the host of Citations Needed, a podcast that he hosts with Nima Shirazi. He started that podcast after he came on my show. You do the math, you figure it out, it's your call. Yeah, excited, thanks. Thanks for coming, Adam, welcome. Hey, thanks for having me. Sure. Um, It's a big deal that Adam's on my show because uh, I've only done a bonus episode of his, but he's so smart that I'm willing to overlook his silencing and marginalizing and erasure of women. You're welcome. I told you it was a bonus episode when you came on. I said that we had that that we were doing an episode on the Bernie bro narrative, which I I thought was a little too I thought was a little too déclassé for the for the show itself. Well, the issue is is not. You're, I didn't say you weren't transparent. Anyway, I hope you, you don't. Know, get, you know how you know how I feel about uh, the uh, Bernard brother Bernard. The the, the relitigating of the primaries. I yeah, try whatever. Not to do it, but All if right, I fine. do do it, it's bonus material. Uh huh. Okay. Um, um. Cool. Well, Adam, our listeners may have heard about the launch of a, an organization called United States of Care. It was launched Tuesday of this week, and it's not really clear what it is. It's very committed to bipartisanship. And a bunch right. of people were tweeting about it, and they had a real full court press with the hashtag uh, healthcare over politics. 
And the board of this organization, and again, it's not clear what they're doing, which is why I'm being vague. It's not it's not because I'm not prepared for once. Right. But the board includes people like uh, Andy Richter and Bradley Whitford, but it also has policy people. <laughs> I know. Bradley Whitford is, for some reason, slightly funnier like because that, he's I lo- on... I, lo- I, love what- Brad- I love that Brad- Bradley Whitford has been like... For the last 15 years, has sort of asserted himself as Josh Lyman, but like he's he's not because Josh Lyman's not real. Adam's referring to a character on West Wing. Leon just yeah. got off the phone with a whip. Last nose count, we're five votes down. What the hell happened? We don't know. Give me names. We're finding out. Thanks. Yeah, it's like it's like Sam it's like Sam Waterston when he does those when he does those like Liberty Mutual commercials. He sort of seems like he's this district attorney and he's kind of, you know, seems smart, but it's like he's just some actor reading a bunch of lines off the screen. Right. Just how far up your ass is your head? You know, except for the celebrity, except for the actors who I like, whose politics align with mine, like, you know, Susan Sarandon or Mark Ruffalo. Yeah. Every other actor I dislike and I think is stupid. Well, you um, know, Isaiah Washington is pretty good and I only learned that because some woman who was saying fuck you uh, about Susan Sarandon also in- included him. He's pretty woke. We follow each other now. It's a great thing. Yeah. Yeah. You, you always manage to drop that in there, don't you? What? Uh, no. We just started following each other. So. Anyway. So, no, I, I think that it's, uh, yeah, it's Andy Richter and then it's some other, there's this motley crew of like, of corporate interest. You have Bill Frisk. Bill Frisk, who, let's um, save him for last because he's the best. But yeah, lots of executives, lots of people from uh, the Obama administration, the Hillary administration, John Favreau. Uh, it seems like it's the hey, real brain. Hey, Katie, Katie, yeah. there was no Hillary. There was no Hillary administration. She lost. Remember? No, not to me. It, the Hillary administration is happening right now. Sorry, the Hillary campaign. Earth two, Earth two, Earth two. Okay. You know, I know that that Hillary didn't win because if she had won, I'd be brunching instead of protesting Donald Trump. That's true. Every, every, everything would be perfectly fine. Yeah, you saw those posts. Those yeah, signs? I saw. I saw those. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. saw those. Yeah. Self parodies without knowing it. Um, it seems like it's the brainchild of Andy Slavitt, and he was the acting administrator of the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Service under Obama, and he's the director of the board of this organization. But yeah, it has people from Clinton's campaign, but not Bern Strider, the sexual harasser. Shout out to this organization for not hiring him, which I could say the same thing about David Brock. Sorry. And... Uh, let's see, uh, Andy Richter, Bradley Whitford, as we said, Mark Cuban, the entrepreneur. Cuban, who's, 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 I believe whose yacht is named after the Fountainhead, if I'm not mistaken. No. Uh, noted, noted man of the people. Yeah. Mark Cuban, uh, yeah. woke billionaire. And executives yeah. from places including Kaiser Permanente, Blue Cross, Blue Shield, Dignity Health, and Trinity Health. Uh, yeah, it's really weird and suspect and sort of came out of nowhere but what was interesting about it was not what they said it's what they didn't say yes. although what they said was also bad the whole thing has a kind of like no labels centrist vibe to it that um i think anyone working in that space was automatically suspect about um i know that they did not mention single payer or medicare for all not once right i know that john Favreau, the uh favreau not the actor the, uh, i think i was doing it there's something about mary reference what about Brett Favre? Not the actor yeah. from Swingers. Mike? Nikki, great. D- did you just uh, walk in or were you, were you listening all along? Don't ever call me again. But the, uh, the, Not the pod, yeah. pod, cat, pod Saves America? Yeah, he, who he, um, he threw his weight behind it probably because they all kind of met and got, you know, all these sort of uh, Obama burnouts who, who want to maintain the ACA and, and make sure that we maintain what is effective. You know, the ACA is basically a huge 
bailout to the healthcare industry, the insurance industry. You know, broadly speaking, it's morally better than the alternative, which was to just tell everyone to go fuck themselves, where the government sort of takes care of um, the more extreme cases, takes care of, of pre-existing conditions, which was a huge, huge victory, but really doesn't make any kind of existential overhaul of healthcare. It, it maintains the for-profit model intact. It just has the government sort of pick up the check for, you know, a certain percentage of the population, um, which is sort of the, I guess, a kind of textbook definition of what neoliberalism is where it doesn't really it doesn't really attack capitalism at its core or, at, or try to you know fundamentally underhaul uh, overhaul it what it does is it keeps the key components intact and sort of helps out the more vulnerable and the more extreme cases of excesses um and so that's what that's what this thing seems to be it seems to be a kind of a, a sort of attempt at, at what they say strengthening aca which are strengthening obamacare which is sort of a meaningless um thing people throw out when they want to avoid talking about um, something fundamental like single-payer Medicare for all. So they got they got together. They, they got a little Ocean's Eleven. <laughs> and um, for some reason, they teamed up with Bill Frisk. I don't know why. Bill Frist, F-R-I-S-T. Isn't that what I said? I thought you were saying Frisk. But that's no, just because I get frisky when I hear about Bill Frisk. I'm a child Frist. of the 2000s. I remember Bill Frisk. Okay, that's true. You're right. I shouldn't be ageist. No, no. I may have misspoke. I, I apologize. It's okay. I forgive you. But yeah, Bill Frist, I don't know if people remember him. He's not just a Republican. He's a doctor. And he's not just a doctor, um, former Tennessee uh, senator. He's also someone who told George Stephanopoulos he didn't know if HIV and AIDS could be communicated through tears and sweat. Now, you're a doctor. Do you believe that tears and sweat can transmit HIV? I don't know. I, I can tell you. Uh, you don't know? Tear, I can tell you things like... like oh, wait, let me con- just stop you there. You don't know that you I, believe that tears and sweat might be able to transmit yeah, no, HIV? Can- He's also someone who, you know, called third trimester abortions totally medically unnecessary, which is a huge lie because the majority of them are performed for medical reasons. Partial birth abortion is never, ever necessary to preserve the health of a woman. He didn't want there to be a health exception. And I'm not making this up. He actually killed. He's, like, he's a cat killer. I don't even like cats. I like dogs. But I'm not into right. cat killing. And he stole. He went to, to shelters and told the shelters that he was going to like he wanted to adopt the cats and then he would kill them. This is while he was in medical school. Um, so guys. For like research purposes? Yeah. But it wasn't oh, well. on the up. It was not on the up. No, me... Yeah, no, I understand. Uh, yeah, I mean, the whole thing is weird. Uh, there's a lot of uh, so, people in the, the, the so, so, so to be clear, they claim they're not getting money from for-profit health insurance companies, which, right. is, which is a bit dubious because if you know anything about non-profit healthcare companies. There are a lot of those, they're, yeah. and they're for-profit. Yeah, they're not, they're not really non-profit. Right. I mean, not, you know, non-profit is sort of a meaningless, meaningless distinction, sort of like similar with charter schools. People think non-profit charter schools don't actually make their investors money, but they, they actually do quite a bit on, on, um, on, uh, on tax breaks and pass through and, and all sorts of, um, other, uh, sort of auxiliary things. And then, so they take money from the Kaiser family foundation, which is a huge, which was kind of the main propaganda wing behind, um, ACA. They're funded by a lot of healthcare. So they don't take money directly from healthcare companies, but they take care, they take money from foundations, which take money from healthcare companies. Um, ACA was, uh, Kaiser also was a huge, um, partner with, with Vox, um, and, and NBC, which were all Comcast entities because Comcast was probably the number one propaganda outlet for ACA for better or for worse, uh, through MSNBC and through Vox and through Ezra Klein, who was sort of the biggest champion of ACA. 
because he really likes he really likes when people get home from their double shift at Church's Chicken and have three kids and they they really want to sit down and play with market um, marketplace subsidies, right? Uh, which is something he, which is something he wrote for Prospect I think back in 2010 where he was talking about how giddy he was at the marketplace uh, that was in Obamacare that people could sort of come shop. home from work and. And, and shop around shop for healthcare, around, yeah. which is something that everyone, yeah, everyone loves to do. Right, especially um, when you're like run over by a car. Let's say that's always a fun time to do it. Well, to add irony to this whole thing, the day this thing broke, I went on this rant about healthcare on Twitter about how stupid it was and how we needed a single payer. And literally, I'm not kidding. Five minutes later, I cut myself on a can. No. Um, in the recycling bin, like really, really deep. Ended up needing three stitches. What? Cost me. Yeah, three stitches cost me. Um, it took about an, uh, forty-five minutes to do. Cost me about uh, three hundred seventy-five dollars. What? That's I, don't, I don't have. I don't have. I don't have health insurance because I'm a freelance writer. That's over a um, hundred dollars per stitch. Yeah. So I think God was punishing me there. Um, but Whoa. anyway, and then John Farber Rowell, he um, he claims that he's actually a huge supporter of Medicare for all. Right. But yet, back this group, which doesn't have anything. Um, and he, it doesn't have anything in uh, about Medicare for all or single payer. And he got dunked on pretty hard by Splinter News's um, Emma Roller, who, who whose name was whose name was apropos, and she was rolling him. Ooh, uh, it's pretty nice. great. She said, um, "Here's what John. Can I, do you mind if I read it, Katie? I kind of taken over your show here. Is that all right? Uh, no. I mean, it, it definitely undermines the claims I made at the beginning of the show. But no, you please do. And then, Wait, which was but what? I, what? Which was what? That you erasure of women. But I do, you also, as long as we're going to reference um, Twitter, then yes. But we get, we get to also reference my tweets because as I, I want people to know, um, Andy Slavitt, the board of, di- the director of the board, he and I have been tweeting, okay? So we'll, yeah, we'll, we'll, so we'll get to Andy Slavitt. I'm doing, I'm doing and the pod And John Save Favreau America tweets about, to me by name. <laughs> he name yeah, checks pod, me. Pod, the, the Pod Save America uh, podcast, which is sort of the the whole foods of political podcasts. It sort of makes you feel good, but doesn't really say a lot. He, um, he said, I'm, I'm a Medicare for all advocate. I also want to make sure there's a path to get there, which involves building a movement and persuading people who don't currently agree, which doesn't really mean anything. Right. And Emma said, the path already exists. The movement already exists. The political will exists. What's lacking is a willingness to stand up for values that people agree that, uh, that people already agree with for fear of alienating people like Bill Frist. One of the more vexing things about this political moment is watching dudes who dream in Aaron Sorkin scripts, like Favreau, convince themselves they're in the uh, they're the next Cesar Chavez because they have a podcast. Um, this so woman sounds like it, the female version a, a of you. A lot of people, a lot of people were dunking on him uh, because he was he he kept skirting the issue of why he was supporting a group that did not support either Medicare for All or single payer, which are very similar but not necessarily the same thing. Yeah. And so you also had some burns at him. <gasps> Uh, do you want to? Do you, you want to read? No, read I your, want you your... to read them. Okay. Why? Well, I, I don't have, have queued up here, man. All right, I'll queue them up. Fine. All right. Wow. Back. Okay. Here are my burns, my dunks. Ready? Here we go. So John Favreau said, "I'm a Medicare for All advocate." So I responded. Yeah. I tweeted, "A plurality of a plurality of voters and overwhelming majority of Dems support single payer. You guys tried running on middle of the road, moderate, milk toast positions before, and Trump is now president, and you know these things." And John Favreau wrote. I know that, Katie. That's why I'm for it. For candidates who support MFA for whatever gets us there. And if this organization suddenly tried to derail it, I wouldn't be for this organization. My friend Andy Slavitt asked if I'd help out with the effort to get more people 
the healthcare they need. In my mind, that's MFA, but in the short term, it's also protecting ACA from repeal, getting Medicaid expansion on ballots, mental health, opioid treatment. I'm not here to persuade Bill Frist of the merits of a single payer healthcare system. I'm here to put get sick people care. And outside this org, I'll be what, working to what elect. Do people, what do people like John Favaro, what does he think? What does he think that this organization exists for? I, mean, I don't know. There's no, well, there's no other logical. I mean, I know, I know he's, he's sort of playing dumb here, but there's no logical explanation for this group coming up well, other than to protect the corporate wing of the party from, yes. from an insurgent or populist effort in the, in the primaries coming up. God, I can't believe they're coming up. Jesus Christ. To um, take the wind to out of the sails of single payer. Take the wind out of sails of single payer, which is now, of course, supported by everyone from Camilla Harris to... Senator Sanders right. to Krista uh, so Gildebrand. So, okay, well, by the way, one other thing is that Jack Allison, who's one of the, uh, on Twitter, he's Jack Allison, LOL, and he's a co-host of Struggle Session, which I did the other day. Um, but besides that, they're great. Leslie Lee is, is the co-host too. Um, he said one other thing. What do you think of Verit? And John Favreau wrote, I think it's the most important platform ever constructed. But I think he's being sarcastic. Of course, he speaks sarcastic. Okay, just checking, just checking. So no, some people—they're they're not, they're not, they're not, not, they're not fucking idiots. Yeah, yeah, they're not—they're yeah. not idiots. They're not like—they're not like Peter Dow, where they, where they, yes, like, are, exactly. Like some, they're not are, Peter are in some bunker somewhere with you know looking at pictures and mother. Right. They're they're somewhat hip, um, and they have a little bit of credibility with even some people who are quote unquote leftist. Right. But I think that there there's a um, there's a there's something deeply cynical here, and I think the reason why we know that is because of what it doesn't say and i i think i want to read the, the, the three points they have right okay, this, is but a, this, first, is, this is this is this is so overshot hold on i need to rant about this for a second okay um oh you already have what? it prepared because i wanted to just explain to give, i do all right fine well can i just set this as a back because i know we're talking about what they didn't say but i want to say one thing okay which is that yeah i texted with um adam gaffney my other adam and uh because he's an actual doctor and he's great on healthcare, he's been on the show a bunch. Now I texted him and I, I was. Been, I could have been a doctor, okay? Okay, but you're. And I've been good at math and science and studied and graduated college. I too could have been a doctor. Imagine if you'd been a surgeon and then you cut your hand. That would that would have sucked. It's true. But I would have had healthcare if I was a doctor. Yes, you're right, and you probably wouldn't have. Yeah, you would have been <laughs> anyway. Lots of sliding door scenarios. <coughs> so he sent me a screenshot of. This article, one of the articles that covered this, but th- according to this Bloomberg piece, uh, it says the organization is trying to prepare for an eventual op- an eventual opening for bipartisan policymaking while heading off increasingly volatile swings in healthcare policy when political fortunes shift in Washington. Already, potential Democratic contenders for the 2020 presidential election are signing on to Senator Bernie Sanders' Medicare for All bill, which has more than a dozen co-sponsors in the Senate. I am just very excited about the kind of support our Medicare for All legislation is receiving. So at least according to this article in Bloomberg, and I want to be clear, I'm not quoting the mission statement, and we're going to get through what they, you're going to tell us exactly what they say and and what they don't say, but at least according to this Bloomberg piece, which I don't think issued a, uh, you know, a, a clarification or correction, it very much is about heading off volatile swings. And, and that is, as they put it in the next sentence, um, Bernie Sanders, Medicare for yeah, all bill. That's right. What, that's that it, it's, it's there. So it's there. So when politicians are confronted by the, the base, e.g. people who actually care about politics and are, have, have, who aren't, who aren't a flack. Um, and they say, well, do you support help, you know, Medicare for all single payer? They can say, 
oh, I support this plan by a robust coalition of progressives called you. I mean, it's a, it's a placeholder. Right. That's all it is. It's a placeholder. And right. um, so I'm going to read, I want to read real quick the three, their quote unquote, three simple principles. And it's in, and I want to start by reading the tweet that, that tweeted out the image of the three simple principles. It said, we are committed to solutions that make progress toward three simple principles. So hear me out. This is the most liberal thing I've ever heard in my life. They are committed to solutions that make progress towards. So here we have three layers of, of, of commitment. We have they're committed to something that's going to do something that's going to do something else that's going to move towards something, by the way. Not, right. not achieve it, not accomplish it. And the United States of care – stands for three simple principles. Every American, uh, number one, every American should have affordable, regular source of health care for themselves and their families. So here we have a very popular qualifier, uh, affordable, which really gives the game away since, right. again, why not just say every American should have regular source of health care? Or for that matter, why not say every American should have health care? Why have right. affordable, regular source? It's a, th- These qualifiers are huge red flags for the fact that they don't actually think health care ought to be right. Uh, two, all Americans should be protected from financial devastation due to illness or injury. Um, that's, that's, if you're, if you're earnest about number one, two is, is, is implied. So that's at best redundant and at worst is sort of, is sort of like a way of saying, um, I don't know. It's, it's creating some kind of like moral, uh, limits saying this is the sort of bare minimum thing we'll do. But again, number two is implied at number one. If you, if everyone has affordable health care, then by definition, they won't have financial devastation. So number three is really is really is really just top bullshit. Number three, policies to achieve these aims must be economically responsible and win political support needed to ensure long term stability. So this is a huge huge signal to the myth of of deficit concerns. Is mm-hmm. so we have two things here that economic responsibility is code for um, cannot be too large, too robust, and take care of too many people. Um, and what's interesting, and someone noted this in my men- my mentions, they said mm. it's interesting that the first two statements are are ideal, are, are sort of normative claims, right? Every American should, all Americans should. Ah, uh, yeah. The third one, the third one's a declarative statement of, 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 of is a conditional declarative. So it's policies to achieve these must be economically. So so two are sort of lofty ideals. One is a, is a necessary axiom of the of the position itself. Right. Which reveals, I think, the sort of pol- underlying politics of this, which are, again, like the sort of no labels, corporate centrist, um, where we act like we have these sort of limited resources, scarce resources, and we have to find the money, right? This is all very uh, neoliberal Obama era framing, that somehow we have to find the money as opposed to the Bernie Sanders framing, which is, fuck you, this is a moral decision, we're going to pay for this, right. and the nerds and wonks and the... And the Josh Lyman's of the world, who for some reason took over the party when really they should be at best middle managers, that they, that these that these guys can go find the money, and 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 that this is something that that we're going to have moral leadership on and not try to get into the weeds about who pays for what. Right. And I don't I don't know what this is trying to achieve. Uh, again, the only logical explanation of what it can try to achieve is to try to take the wind out of the sails of the single payer movement. Right. So I tweeted just going back. That was great. I'm. I'm not. I wasn't waiting for you to be to end that, so I could say I read you a tweet. But it, I just sounded like like a kid who has their hand raised and isn't listening to what the, the other person's saying. Zachary Tracer is a guy at Bloomberg, by the way, who wrote yeah. that sentence about the volatile swings. Again, volatile swings is a reference to single payer and Medicare for all, right? And it's a th- and and it's it's really framing it as a, a threat, like a volatile swing, and and it's on the rise, it's on the march. Socialism is on the march, as the Republicans used to say about Obama and the Affordable Care Act, because you know Bernie Sanders' bill is Medicare for all bill is gaining 
popularity and strength. Now, as I, I said in my little medium piece, which people can, can of course, read, um, but, but I think it's a relevant point is that if that's true, if they need to, if, if Medicare for All is growing in popularity and strength, then yeah, anything it's, it's, it, that's founded on, about health care that doesn't incorporate that is clearly an ideologically motivated organization <clears throat> that wants to prevent single payer, right? Because if not, and I actually don't, it's kind of a psychology question, but I'm curious if they actually are opposed to it ideologically, if they are so Here's the thing. Here's hurt the by thing. Bernie Sanders is, that they don't want anything with his fingerprints on it to succeed? No, no, no. It's it's very simple, which is, and this is something I mentioned earlier, is that there that that Medicare that that the ACA, Obamacare, is meaningfully more moral than the Republicans' alternative or what came first. That is objectively true, but it's important to understand that there is a that there is a large, large, huge industry that is that emerged from Obamacare in 2009. Healthcare insurance subsidies, um, you know, basically the government's underwriting a large corporate uh, and and for-profit industry. Um, that there's huge incentive to protect that status quo and to not really do a meaningful overhaul. And they can, you know, they can read polls like you and I can. Again, the, the single payer is now now popular. Fifty-three uh, percent of Republicans support it. Upwards of seventy-seven, I think, percent of Democrats support it. Right. It's where the momentum's going, right. and they really need to preserve this this sort of textbook. And I, I try not to use this word, but it's appropriate here. This textbook neoliberal, mm. um, pro, you know, pu- public for-profit marriage that maintains the fundamental for-profit, you know, massively for-profit industry that the government kind of subsidizes as opposed to provides a meaningful balance to. They really, really want to hold on to that. And what this appears to me to be is an effort to do that. And people like John Favreau can rationalize this by saying, oh, well, you know, again, they, they can always do this sort of infinitely regressive. We'll never get the Republican support. So we have to support this shitty thing that I, I theoretically don't like, but how we have to, right. you know, we have to buck up and be, be realist, right? And, yeah. and we're the real adults in the room and you're just a bunch of children. Yeah, exactly. Um, and that, and that he's, he's, he's sort of providing this kind of faux progressive credibility to it. Because yeah, in his exactly. mind, you know, I don't know if he's being honest or not. Or being That's my question. Yeah, I don't know either. Yeah. But, uh, but, but in his mind, this is sort of the best we're going to get. And yeah. if we try to go with single payer, it's going to be DOA because the Republicans will call it communism. But it's like, you know, of course, there's, any, there's risk involved in both scenarios. We're, both, we're all operating counterfactuals. Because, yeah. again, it's possible they're right. It's possible single payer will be DOA and they'll waste all this political energy on it. And that but politics operates on this, on this gradient. But I don't think that's the case, and we're no. all just guessing. So why not go with a thing that's more moral well, and more right, also, and frankly all... easier to easier to defend because it's more coherent? Yes. So one, you know, when, bunch... when 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 Trump in the debate said that Obamacare was a big handout to insurance companies, he wasn't wrong. It is. It, it is yeah. one. Woke Trump, ding ding ding. I need a sound effect for woke Trump. This Zachary Tracer is the is the journalist who wrote the piece in Bloomberg about U.S. of care, United States of care, which is like really funny and sounds like some a right wing term for liberals or something. United States of care. Anyway, he wrote about that piece and I tweeted, sincere question, when you write about the organization heading off increasingly volatile swings in healthcare policy, where did you get that from? And he said, I don't want to speak for them because they haven't ID'd policies yet. He's, this is what Zach right. Tracer, the, the journalist, is saying, because they haven't ID'd policies yet. But I think A. Slavitt might be able to weigh in. A. Slavitt is Andy Slavitt. So actually, Andy Slavitt responded, happy to discuss. The best ideas need to be in the, on the table to get health care for everyone. We are not out to derail anything. 
And then I said to him on Twitter, I appreciate what you've done for ACA Obamacare. And given that single payer supported by a majority of the country, it should definitely be on the table. But is an organization co-founded by Bill Frist, MD, really going to consider single payer? And he said, these are fair questions, Katie. We need to make sure that the many people who are fighting for single payer know where U.S. of care stands. That's the organization. Founders views purposely irreconcilable. Several support, some wouldn't. Org wants single payer and all best ideas on table and to make happen, not oppose. That makes no sense, though. They're gonna, are they going to kick off the people on the, uh, the organization's board? Are they going to kick them off if they oppose single payer? It's 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 not clear. I think I think that I I, I think that there's this. La, it's a la, I mean, yeah, it's a last ditch effort by by the West Wing crowd uh, uh, within the Democratic Party that hold to, that wants to believe in this sort of grand compromise, this sort of above the fray, you know, bipartisan solutions. This is shit that that Chuck Schumer talks about. Yeah, this, like, he keeps going on about bipartisan solutions, to, right? Which didn't work to help. To, you know, de, you know, Democrats, the Democratic. Senate Senate tw- Twitter account tweeted out that you know Americans want bipartisan solutions. It's like no, they don't. That's not a thing anybody wants. They right. want fucking single payer. Yeah. Um, bipartisan solutions is, to- is a is a meaningless process thing. It doesn't it doesn't mean anything. It's 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 like today when they when um, when uh, when David Weigel tweeted out the the uh, Dem strategy for the tax cut. It was Joe Crowley said, "Quote: Democrats are for creating economic security for the American people." We're not in favor of putting the country further out of balance. When he was asked about whether or not they would they would oppose the tax cuts in 2018, and he said, and, and David we- David Weigel at the Washington Post uh, paraphrased his response by saying that they would not run against the tax cuts because they want to quote restore balance. Oh. I mean, yeah, that's really it, again as I said on Twitter, it's it's the the, we, the the Democrats want to hold a pep rally and invite everyone to come and root for a tie. This is not how politics works. Right. Um, and it, and again, and then, so there's this naive thing. We'll say, why are they so bad at this? And of course the, the reality is they're not bad at it. They just, they, they, this is their primary social function. Their social function is to operate as a valve against left-wing populism. Right. And it's exactly what they're doing. Yeah. Like, like, um, like Thomas Frank says, it's not that, you know, it's not that these people are spineless and don't know how to get what they want. It's that they don't actually want it. Or, or I'll put it this way. It's not that they don't, you know, they probably do want earnestly some sort of, you know, expansion of ACA, but between single payer healthcare that, that radically undermines a large section of the economy, a for-profit section of the economy, and also, um, sends a sends, you know, sends a warning to other industries. Between that and the Republicans' watered down version of ACA, I think most establishment Democrats would absolutely take the Republican plan. Why is it's that? Not that they don't. It, it's not that they want it. It's that they that the alternative, which is a, which is because a single payer healthcare in this country would radically alter the dynamic of power between the classes. I mean, it it, it truly would. I mean, if you had, it's like. If if people were not living pay, paycheck to paycheck and living in constant, you know, being constantly, bro- absolutely fucking paranoid about where they were getting their health care, um, the the dynamic between employer and employee would change overnight. The the, the power between the, the rich and the poor would change, you know, not fundamentally maybe, but it would change pretty significantly. Right. And nobody wants that. Nobody nobody wants to have a situation where we walk into a hospital and walk out and don't pay anything. It 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 fundamentally changes the the power dynamic of this of this country. And and, pu- and pu- puts in the public sector 
something that makes up one sixth of the economy. Right. Yeah. Rights. Yeah. When things when things are that are considered entitlements uh, that that should be rights and are in, are rights in every other industrialized country that makes a bit of a change. But there are a couple reasons that it's stupid to to prevent to, to not pursue single payer. One is that it gets out the vote. Right. Like that excites people. And yeah, there's some stigma right. around it. But you know, a senator named. Um, you know, a democratic socialist was able to do pretty well and polled better than Hillary Clinton did against Trump. I'm not relitigating. I'm just explaining the popularity of someone who, who identified as a democratic socialist, right? This is a very easy thing and that people can wrap their minds around. I want healthcare. I don't want to die. Um, the other thing is that every movement pushes you. What is it? You shoot for the stars, you get the moon. I really hope that exactly. works. The stars are farther no, away, it, right? So the um, idea—it's actually—it's 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 actually you shoot for the moon, you land amongst the stars. I think the—I think the expression predates our basic understanding of, of astronomy. Oh, okay, cool. Well, either way, doesn't matter. It doesn't I, I matter. get the point. You're, you're technically correct. I mean, it, it, the idea that you—and I, I was trying to think of comparable things. Like, imagine this with same-sex marriage. It's like, oh, we can't get. Well, I'll give you an example. Uh, this is the example. This is the example. Hello. Katie? Hello? That's not good. The good news is Adam Johnson and I continue our conversation. We were reconnected after that minor technical issue. And to access the rest of my conversation with Adam, just go to patreon.com slash the Katie Helper Show. Again, that's patreon.com slash the Katie Helper Show. Or if you're already a Patreon subscriber, you now know how to access them in whatever programming you use to play your podcasts. We will also be talking to healthcare writer Tim Faust about his thoughts on U.S. of care, United States of care, and stand by for even more bonus, which is the audio from my appearance on the Jimmy Dore show, as well as the audio from my appearance on Struggle Session, the podcast that I mentioned during the show. And coming soon is our interview with Natalie Shore, who also writes about healthcare, she gives us her thoughts. And it's really cool because these healthcare writers and and Johnson basically break down the language of the United States of care mission statement. Thanks for listening to the Katie Halper Show. You can hear the Katie Halper Show every Wednesday at 7 p.m. on WBAI. That's 99.5 FM or WBAI.org. You can also find us on SoundCloud and iTunes. Make sure you rate and review us on iTunes. The Katie Halper Show is produced by Florence Burrow Adams with help from Joshua Bregman. Our theme song is by The Ballet. <laughs>